Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Train, Eat, Repeat podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Ferrand, and uh, super excited for you guys to be here. Uh, and obviously, hopefully, you're enjoying the show. Um, if you haven't already, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, which is probably how you're listening to this, or on Spotify, but would love to hear your feedback, your comments, and your questions. And you can also find me on Instagram and also on Facebook. So, a little bit of a different uh, cadence to today's show, and I got a question in terms of what are some of the myths that I have heard or what myths that I used to believe were true uh, back when I was enamored with health and wellness, but what are the three big myths or three big things that uh, had turned out to be myths um, after learning so much about the field and learning more about myself and my health? And I think it's such an important question because Part of the problem with health and wellness today is that there's so much information and so many places that you can go to get information. Uh, just the other day, I was reading a book that was talking about how the plant-based diet is the best diet. And then I listened to a podcast and they're talking about how the carnivore diet is the best diet. And you all know my stance on diets alone, that diet is what you eat and what works for you. But it just goes to show there's so much information out there. So I kind of want to dispel some of the myths that really had affected me growing up in the fitness world. And obviously, we're still going to stay with the same cadence that we usually do. So a myth around training, a myth around nutrition and then a myth around mindfulness. And uh, I think all those pieces are going to play hand in hand. And I also would love to hear in your comments and questions, what type of myths have you guys run up against? Or what do you still believe to be true that maybe I can help point you in the right direction or, or sort of dispel that myth for you? So the first one, let's jump right into it, was around training. And early on, when I was getting into health and wellness, it was before the big boom of Instagram and TikTok and, and Snapchat, where literally you're inundated with all these influencers and people that look really good. But my sort of version of Instagram was was magazines, right? So muscle and fitness, men's health. And when I was getting into it, obviously I wasn't educated around health and wellness to this point. I just looked at these people in these pages and I was like, oh my goodness, look how ripped that guy is or look how how chiseled that woman's abs are and all I wanted to do was look that way I, to me way they looked was the pinnacle of health they I looked at them and they're like man they must feel great they must have great energy they probably have no stress at all they probably get to eat uh, really good tasting food all the time and that myth it couldn't be more blown up uh, it, it just can't get any bigger than that because it is a myth. You know, the myth is, is that what you look like is more important than how you feel and how you perform. And it, I guess it took me a little bit longer than maybe it should have, but especially as I'm entering into my mid-30s, and some of you may roll your eyes that are a little bit older, but I think the same is true, is once you get out of your, your 20s, you can no longer rely on your genetics, right? You can no longer um, eat pizza and, and then wake up the next morning and go play you know four hours of basketball and never gain a pound. And I'll tell you, by the way, that that was not me growing up as a kid. I actually was an overweight kid. Um, um, and was bullied and, and didn't have good eating habits and bad sleeping habits. But to get back to the point, 
you know, how you look is one factor in your health. And, and to me, how you look never determines um, how well you perform or how well you feel. Because there's other factors that you have to look at. Like you have to look at, okay, how, how are we sleeping? How are we managing our stress? Is how is getting to that type of body actually maintainable? And being around in the fitness arena for so long and meeting tons of individuals who are competitors, so in bodybuilding and physique, and all hats off to them because you have no idea how much dedication it takes and how much work it takes to to look that way on stage. But what I've learned being around those people throughout their prep is that they're moody, uh, depression can sometimes set in, they have really low energy levels, the works. Now, to me, that's that's not health, right? Like, I get what they're doing because they're, they're competitors and they're doing it because it's a passion of theirs, but know that they don't stay that way year-round. There's no way that you can. And it's really detrimental to your health in a lot of ways. So that's why I wanted to talk about this myth is that don't get caught up following the idea that how you look or how people look and, and the perception you might make in the sense that they are healthy, that they are the pinnacle of health. Because you have to look underneath the curtain or behind the curtain to really realize that there probably aren't, there's probably a lot of gaps in their health and wellness. And you know my philosophy around health and wellness is that it, it's all encompassing. It's not just training, it's not just nutrition, it's not just mindset and, and, and wellness. It's, it's all of those things combined on a consistent basis because we're trying to find a system that is repeatable. So that way we can live longer, healthier lives. And what I would say though is that how you look, while it may be important, don't get me wrong, I'm never gonna say I don't like to look good, right? And nobody would ever say that, but that's more of a byproduct. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking with, with Damon Miles and he said, I don't care if I deadlift 700 pounds or I have a six pack of abs, how I look is a direct reflection of how I live my life. And how I live my life is, is what I, and I get to enjoy certain things, right? If I want to have a, a little bag of chips or if I want to have a, a bourbon on a Saturday night, I'm allowed to do those things because my lifestyle is such that I'm able to fit them in to an otherwise healthy lifestyle. And that also plays to the mind piece of things too. So know that, don't, don't be like me and think that, how you look is the true definition of, of health and wellness because it's just not. The second myth that I believed for a really long time, and this plays into uh, a little bit of no, you know, sort of how you look and, and the rigors you have to go through, was that you need to eat bland, tasteless food and eliminate the things you love to get results. And it's just not true. So those competitors obviously are on a really strict diet. They dial in their macronutrients. They dial in the amount of calories they need because they have to be that in tune so they can get to that physique that they're looking for. But what I'm here to tell you is, is that if your goal is simply to feel better and to have more energy and in the process, lose some weight and some body fat, you can enjoy the food that you're eating. Now, it might require a little bit more of research on your end to find, again, the diet that works for you and finding the flavors and how to flavor different foods so that you still get that that good emotional intrinsic feeling when you ingest that food. But 
is so far from from being right to say that you have to be miserable during your nutrition or in your nutrition for you to be able to see results. Sacrifices, yes, because what I would always tell people is that there is going to be a level of sacrifice or a cost to getting lean. But in more in more cases than not, we're not eliminating the foods that you absolutely love, at least not 100%. But more so, we're just making small tweaks, right? So like, let's say like it was a habit for you to have um, a glass of wine every night after dinner. Well, I would say is, no, you don't have to give up your wine. Let's just lower the frequency in which we have it, which in turn is going to lower your volume. Or maybe your thing was is that I always have a candy bar uh, first thing in the morning. Believe me, I ran into more people than you would think. So I would say, okay, well, let's find something sweet that actually mimics that taste or gives you that emotional feeling without the extra calories, without the added sugar and the processed sugar and, and everything else that comes with it. So know that that is totally a myth. It's not bland. It doesn't have to be a, a chore. And that's also the goal in my training. And in my coaching is let's find the diet that works right for your body, that works right for your your time that you have available in order to to make this food. And, you know, if you have a family, if you're busy at work and then more importantly, let's make sure that we find a diet that, again, is sustainable. The more sustainable you are and the more consistent you are, the more results that you will see. But don't let anyone ever tell you that you have to eat broccoli, chicken, and rice five to six times a day. If you're going to step on stage, that's a different coach. That's that's different, a different scenario. But for the overwhelming majority of us that are looking for health and wellness, you do not have to go that route. You still can enjoy food. The third myth is around mindset. And I was thinking about it. You know, there are a few times in my life, three uh, sort of traumatic events in my life that made me realize that trials build character and build endurance of, of character and actually can make you stronger. And so the myth that sort of got dispelled for me going through these things was that there's nothing good that comes out of bad experiences. And that's usually our gut reaction as human beings is something happens in your life, you feel like you're, you're being uh, you know, sort of singled out that why, woe is me, and why is this happening to me? And at first, it's okay to have those feelings. Anger is a natural human emotion. But then when you really start to understand, and it might not be right away, in some of the cases for me, it, it took a long time. So the, the three things for me that sort of dispelled this, and I talked about it uh, earlier, was when I was in seventh grade, I was on the uh, middle school football team, and man, was I bullied bullied to the nth degree. I was out of shape. I was overweight. Uh, you know, guys would in the locker room be making fun of me. Um, and I, I went into a serious tailspin and I started saying, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And woe is me. And, uh, you know, I ended up quitting the football team. And what I learned from it, though, was it made me so much stronger to number one, don't let uh, naysayers and and you know, people that clearly are not happy with themselves, number one, if, if they're picking on you, right, there's something else inside of them that they're they're not comfortable with or insecure, insecurity. But then number two, made me stronger to say, okay, let's reevaluate myself because I wasn't happy. You know, if you were to ask me, now, was it worth 
me getting bullied? Absolutely not. Like, I never believe in that. But I wasn't happy with who I was. So what did I do that summer? I did most unhealthy thing. I'm very going to be very transparent with you guys, as I always am. I stopped eating. I, I literally ate breakfast in the morning, and I didn't eat the rest of the day. That was my answer, and that's obviously how little I knew about health and wellness, which goes back to the whole thing. Well, if I if I look good, then, then I'm probably going to feel good. And let me tell you something. I felt awful. I felt terrible. I had no energy. I couldn't. Uh, I was sleeping all the time, and I did, probably did some pretty significant damage to my metabolism. Even though I was young, I was a seventh grader, I probably did some major damage, and I also did some major damage to my psyche. And But I'm all the better for it, though, because that, that taught me that I need to educate, that taught me the importance of keeping my body healthy, not so that I don't have to get bullied, but so that and, that, and obviously, as a kid, you, you think that way, right? If, if I get to where I need to be, I'm not going to be bullied anymore. And that's just not true because people will always find things to, to nitpick. But the thing is, is I am so much stronger and have such a, a better understanding, number one, why people bully, but then number two, how to adjust or pivot to make myself better. And I eventually would have gotten there. There's no way I would need that push or that bullying to push me to that next edge. But but think about it. What points in your life have you had a traumatic event and there was a blessing in disguise there? So uh, I would think about that for yourself. The second one was uh, a divorce. You know, I went through a divorce and never saw it coming. My parents had gone through a divorce growing up. I told myself, this is never going to happen. I'm going to be the best husband and I'm going to do everything I can to try and keep things together. And then I got a divorce out of the blue. And it took me about a year to see the silver lining in it, that I still had some flaws and some, some character flaws that I needed to work out. So what happened? I ended up going, I went back to church. And now I've been a consistent churchgoer for two years and and as a staple in my spiritual health. It literally has kept me grounded. It has helped me build endurance and something that I can rely on to keep myself level-headed. And again, it's not something that at first I, I was thinking, why, why this? Why that? Why me? And I think a lot of times when you play the victim, that's okay. But if you continuously believe that you are being victimized, you have to open your eyes and realize that there are so many other problems in this world. Talk to anybody. And that experience built so much endurance for me that I am by far a stronger person spiritually and, and just mentally to be able to handle those situations. And then the third one is is the main reason why I do what I do why I'm a wellness coach, why I decided to go on this path of helping people live healthier lives was that I watched my grandfather waste away from disease. Disease that doctors wanted to give him pills for and surgeries and all these things that now, the more that I learn about the health industry and and, and how it's a money-making machine and, and it's more about covering up uh, a wound with a band-aid than it is about treating the cause of the disease, right? And that honestly shaped me. And I, I didn't know, I know now how it shaped me because I'm on a podcast talking to people, trying to get them to wake up and realize that they were meant to thrive versus exist, right? But at the time, all I saw was my grandfather wasting away and I just assumed that people got sick and maybe he did have some lifestyle factors that added to the fact of where he was. 
But the fact of the matter is, is that there are ways that I realize now in terms of we can help people not be like my grandfather. I don't want people to spend the latter half of their years when they're retired and should be enjoying retirement, traveling, enjoying families and grandchildren, all those things. They should be able to enjoy those things rather than being laid up in a bed majority of the day. And so the big picture, the myth, again, your bad experiences happen for a reason. You may not understand why those things happen, but know that there is always going to be a silver lining. I think there's something you can learn from it, something that helps you grow, something that helps you realize that there's better opportunity out there. So I wanted to go through these three myths with you guys because for me, they they were a huge impact in my life and continue to impact my life in terms of how I lead it, how I go about my business, how I treat others. And one of the big reasons why our slogan at Train Eat Repeat is be kind, be humble, and work your ass off. If you can take care of those three things, you know, I believe that you will be a level-headed individual, you'll be somebody who sees the big picture, and you're somebody that tirelessly works hard to improve yourself, but then also to pour into others. And that's that's the whole point there. But I'm curious to hear, what, what are the myths that you have heard? And I would love to cover them on, on future podcasts, so definitely let me know, drop me a line, uh, and let me know what myths that you've heard, so maybe I can help you dispel them, or they very, in fact, sometimes could be right, to a certain degree, of course. So until next time, guys, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back next week, the week of 4th of July. Can't believe that it's already here. And then coming up in two weeks, we're actually going to sit down with another author. Can't wait to sit down with her, and I'll I'll leave that as a teaser. Uh, But coming up here pretty soon in a couple weeks. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy your week. Stay strong, stay healthy. And as always, be kind, be humble, and work your ass off. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.